I appreciate all the listeners and the fans for their support over the whole season. And we've got, you know, we got a great sports community, and we as athletes here in Boston are proud to represent everybody. And, you know, we try to go out there and we give it the best we can. Sometimes we come up a little bit short, but, you know, we hope we always play hard and really represent our community the best way that we know how. So thank you guys, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be back out of here before we know it. In the meantime, I hope the Celtics and the Bruins bring us a lot of good fortune at the Red Sox, too. See, that's Tom Brady, who's excited about the future for the Celtics and Bruins. Now, I'm assuming then that he hasn't watched the Celtics. Like you, you wouldn't have mean? said that if you've been watching the Celtics. He's why well, he's, he wants them to tank. Okay, he's in the tank. He's seen Andrew Anything Wiggins. Anything about Tom Brady suggests tank. But he's seen Wiggins. Uh-huh. He's seen Jabari Parker. Maybe he saw, what was the guy's name last night? Michael Johnson? Chris Johnson. Chris Johnson. Right, from the D-League. Guy he, played 25 minutes last night. Chris Johnson played 25 minutes. Play. And I'll tell you what, as good as he was, he was not the most impressive Johnson of the last few days. Chad Johnson picking up a win Ooh. over the L.A. Kings. Even I thought better. that was going somewhere else. Jack Edwards joins us Chad. right now. Hi, Jack. How what are you? What a way to lead in. Hey. What a way to lead in. <laughs> I do what hey, I can. What do, you, what do you want to do with that one, Jack Edwards? <laughs> I'm walking away. I'm leaving it to you, Jack. That's my setup for you. Jack's brought to you, as always, by Norfolk Power Equipment. Now we're getting into equipment, from Johnson's to equipment. That's how this goes. Goes. Uh, Jack, Bruins finally looked pretty good the last few games after a really, really lousy streak. Uh, they looked a whole lot better, and specifically, Marshan is just out of his mind. What do you do with him right now? I mean, as a guy that a few weeks ago, maybe a few months ago, there were some serious conversations, at least among fans, as to whether or not he's somebody that is part of your future or if he's somebody that could bring something back. Now, if his value is up a little higher, is it is it a time to think about trading someone like him? Boy, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, he brings a lot of good things to the Bruins, and uh, if you were to trade him away, you'd have to think of all the different elements that uh, he supplies to that team. And uh, besides the uh, the goal scoring output, which is unbelievable right now, because as he has said in his past, they're going in. He also brings that ability to change a game on a single shift because he gets under the right guy's skin, and the guy pops his top. Uh, that's a that's a rare commodity because uh, every time a player plays that way, uh, and there aren't many of them who do, but every time a player plays that way, especially a guy Marchand's size, uh, somebody might just take his head off. You know, it's a dangerous way to make a living, but he chooses uh, to do it that way, and he's really valuable for the Bruins. Hey, Jack Christian Foria here, Hockey Insider, coming to you live from Brighton. Um, talk about Tuukka Rast real quick. A uh, couple struggles. Uh, but is he still an elite goaltender? Yeah, no doubt. They all go through flat spots. You can look at Martin Brodeur's career. He's gone through four or five-game spells where he hasn't been anything special, and that's what's happening with Rask right now. Uh, what's really important for the Bruins is that Chad Johnson has played very solidly in his last two starts. Uh, it was clear that the Bruins coaching staff had lost a little confidence in Johnson after he let in a really soft goal in a game the Bruins should have won at Buffalo it was a wraparound goal by Drew Stafford when it was tied in the third period. And after that, um, the team just didn't believe in him for a week or two. And then he showed with his play that he can be depended upon again. And uh, it shouldn't be any surprise if uh, Tuka Rask gets a much lighter load between now and the Olympics. Um, and uh, then coming out of that, whenever they can rest Rask, they're going to do it. Right now he's on 64 or 65 pace depending on how you round the fraction 
and um, that's probably a little too heavy. They want him somewhere 59 or 60 going into the playoffs. You know, Jack, I'm surprised you you answered Christian's question without much hesitation when he, when Christian said, is he elite? I'm talking, well, I'm thinking, I don't know what Christian was thinking about elite, but I'd say top three, top five. You, you think Tuca is in that category? I do, but it seems like uh, this year there's some, there's some room for doubt based on his play. Well, who would you rather have? You know, I mean, Jonathan Quick, certainly that's, that's one that you might say you'd rather have. Ryan Miller, maybe, when he's playing well, but, you know, he's been rumored to be somewhat of a head case in Buffalo, and he's an incredibly talented goalie, but would you rather have him than Tuka Rask? Because the guys in the room absolutely love that guy, and they love playing in front of him. Um, that wasn't always the case with uh, the two-time Vezina Trophy winner who preceded Tuka Rask, although, you know, his game performances were excellent. Um, his other, his personal performances sometimes... Uh, made guys shrug their shoulders and raise their eyebrows. Um, there really aren't too many guys I'd rather have than Tuka Rask. I mean, I, I can't see him outside of the top three or four in the NHL, even during this gold streak. What have you, Jack Edwards, joining us here on WEI? What have you learned about this team in the last week or so? They have the you know the awful trip out west that ends finally you know the one win in uh, in San Jose, they, they a couple of really awful games in there, and then kind of bounce back and have these two really great games in a row. What have you learned about the Bruins recently? What I've learned about this Bruins team is that once again I have underestimated the coaching ability of uh, Claude Julien, Doug Huda, Doug Jarvis, Jeff Ward, Bob Essenza, the entire staff. Uh, if you consider, and we said this during the telecast, and I, I was kind of pleased that a lot of other people picked up on it, uh, if you consider that the bottom four defensemen for the Bruins – uh, in their game against L.A. on Monday afternoon, had an average of 31 games of NHL experience, including that game. That is just off the scale for how well they are playing together. And that's what a defenseman must do because, as we all know, Michael Sock, you know, it is the hardest position to play in all of sport. Uh, Jack, I said that no more than 15 minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm glad you finally come around. Because, well, I was joking, but whatever. Yeah, well, hey, listen, any pot fan who uh, won, I think, three Norris trophies said that it takes about 200 games to get everything in order and to figure out how to play the position well and consistently in the NHL. That's two and a half seasons. And, you know, we ask a lot of different defensemen about that, and, and there seems to be consensus on that. Uh, Paul Martin from, from Pittsburgh said he agreed with that number. Uh, Henrik Talinder, who's an excellent veteran defenseman with Buffalo, said he agreed with that number. Uh, Shea Weber, who's uh, usually in the Norris hunt, said he agreed with that number. These guys are averaging less than half a season experience, yet they know when to go. They know when to stay. And, yeah, they, they have their down moments. But it's really amazing how well this decor is playing, despite the losses of Seidenberg and now McQuaid and, obviously, Hamilton uh, nursing the concussion. Hey Jack, you mentioned uh, about you talked about the Olympics just briefly when we first came on. What what do the guys do? Is there any uh, off? If there's certainly off the off ice training that these guys will do to kind of stay in shape and, and keep their wits about them, keep their timing. Are they any any controlled practices that the players will will, will lead themselves, or how will it work when over the break? Well, the guess is that uh, just about every NHL player is going to take at least four or five days off and just get rid of the dings and dents and uh, sort of use it 
the way NFL players use the bye week just to at least get a little bit of R&R. You know, maybe in the NFL it's only a day or two, but, uh, you know, in, in in this scenario where they're going to have, um, what, at least 17 straight days off, um, they're, they're probably going to, a lot of guys are going to head south and just lie on the beach for a couple of days. Um, their cardiovascular conditioning is at such an elite level, they don't have to work too hard to get it back again. Um and uh, there are going to be uh, practices preceding the end of the Olympic break. They're not just going to toss them out there after 48 hours. They're, they're going to be, I think, at least three or four days of practices after the Olympic break ends. And, and players will be training as uh, as teams get eliminated. You know, more and more guys will come back. I don't think there's much worry about rust. The only the only time I've seen an injury immediately following the Olympic break was after P.J. Axelson was part of the uh, 2006 Swedish gold medal team, and he went to that all-night, all-day, all-night party in Stockholm and then flew directly from Stockholm to Boston. Mike Sullivan put him on the plane, flew him down to Carolina. He caught a rut in the ice and blew out his knee. Uh, and that, that could have been prevented just by resting him an extra day, but uh, Sully kind of felt that the Bruins had to have every point at that point, and uh, that was pretty much the end of Axelson. Passion, purpose, and what was the third, PJ? Passion, purpose, and I don't know. Remember, he always said it. Three, Mike Sullivan, over and over again, would talk about the three Ps. I don't know. I don't yeah, remember what the third one was. Johnson, even. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, you know what, Jack? I don't know what to do when my friends get into fights. When my, my friends fight each other, I don't, I don't know what to do. I peacemaker, try to uh, make everything civil. I like you. I like Peter Gammons. What's this beef? What happened between you and Peter Gammons? Hey, well. You know, I haven't spoken to Peter directly, but on the other hand, I haven't seen him at a hockey game for about six years either. So here's the thing. You know, when when Bob Hartley provokes John Tortorella, and Tortorella did what he had to do and, and put his five fighters out there against five guys that you could either call fighters or goons for Calgary, and then Tortorella completely boiled over and went down the hallway to earn a 15-game suspension. That's what got him suspended, not the five-guy lineup. It was the the chasing down the hallway and trying to get into the Calgary room between periods. Peter Dammons said, this is why hockey will always be a minor sport. You know, Peter Dammons commenting about hockey is like me commenting about women's fashion. I mean, just, just absolutely not his spectrum. He has no validity. He has no credibility he, you know, if if the guy were at the rink all the time, maybe we'd consider his opinion. But you know, but why is that necessary though? But say, okay, but just okay, but just okay. All right, now devil's advocate. It, there are a lot of people who don't go to the rink, and who follow hockey and like it. So, what, well, why do you have to be there to be credible to have a credible opinion? Because if you're going to lay a broadside on a sport, if you're going to paint with that broad a brush and speak from a position of being a Hall of Fame writer in any sport. Uh, you at least owe the guys about whom you're talking uh, the chance to refute it to your face. You know, if you want to write something nasty, you want to say something nasty, that's fine. It is your obligation to be standing in front of the dressing stall the next time those guys play in your town. Yeah, the, Period. The only, Period. The only difference here, though, enough, Jack, that's I... Just I having enough sack, that's just having enough sack to show up. That's all. Not to throw some broadside out there from, you know, the safe ground of, oh, that's why hockey will always be a minor sport. You know... Peter can have whatever opinion he wants. He can be as wrong as he wants. Hockey is not a minor sport. Hockey is, is in fact, the greatest sport in the world. Well, Jack, as you know, you, know, you, don't, I, you don't have to sell I, me. I just can't no, wait. I, can't, I just can't wait. I just can't wait 
until you know uh, until other sports just just decide that they're above it all. You know, and if there's one sport in which you find guys who who have an attitude that they think their poopy smells good, well, you know, you know where to find it. You know where to find it. And it's not at the hockey rink. All right, Jack Edwards, uh, we certainly appreciate talking to you every week. I know we'll be doing it next week, and uh, we'll talk to you then. All good. Thanks, guys. All right, there you go. There's Jack Edwards, as always, brought to you by Norfolk Power Equipment. Uh, you I know, love it. I, I, that's I, I love it. That's good stuff. I, I, He's kind of got a point on the hockey mentality from the player's point of view as far as the poopy don't stink part. No, I mean, he's saying that's what baseball writers are. He's saying that baseball essentially believes that nothing nothing it does stinks. No, I, and I agree or with otherwise, you. right? Yeah. And he's saying that's baseball. The only thing I would say in Peter Gammon's defense, and, and I was trying to get in with Jack, but move on, right. is uh, Peter Gammon's isn't trying to comment on the ins and outs of hockey. But he's not. He's but not he, but, saying, like, you, you but need to tweet, show but, up but if you want to say, hey, you know what? They shouldn't be running this kind of a neutral zone trap. It doesn't fit the personnel. Right. He's saying to the rest of the world, the people that don't go to the rink every day, this is why hockey has, you know, let's but, 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 he, but, he, but his tweet was, just so, so we know, tw- uh, Peter tweeted, Calgary and Vancouver last night reiterated why the NHL is a minor sport. Got 430 retweets on that and 189 favorites. Right. And so you can understand why that comment, that tweet, would upset somebody I, like I, Jack I completely Edwards. do. I mean, it, look, when you are a hockey fan and somebody who makes their living in hockey, you are, you're supporting your sport, as you should. But the fact that Peter Gammons doesn't show up, he's speaking for people that don't show up. And essentially he's saying, this is why. Yeah, you're right, I don't show up. Here's why. I don't like this part of the game. Now, I disagree with him. Yeah, I love that part of the game. I love to see so them all I. brawling. But the and I'm thing, on yeah, Jack's yeah. side. Yeah, and, but I don't and, think and it's it, fair to criticize Gammons for not showing up to a right, hockey and game plus, and saying that's why opinion. people don't like hockey. I mean, right, it's an opinion on it. Uh, now, maybe he looks at it as the reporter. Peter Gammons is a Hall of Fame reporter, so right. he's thinking, well, it's not just somebody commenting about uh, Calgary and Vancouver. It's Peter Gammons. Right. And if the great uh, Gammons is going to say this, he owes it because of his pedigree. Mm-hmm. He, he he has to be there to say it. But I don't think so. I think you can have, and this is something that, it's not just Jack. It, it's something that really gets hockey writers. I mean, Haggerty is always going to people over this. Well, I haven't seen you in the, in, in the, in the arena in a long time. So what? Okay, that's one thing. But let's focus on the content and not well. Well, who was there at and, the morning skate? And, and in this case, and who Michael, knows Claude and who knows Bergeron? I'll do let's you get one to better. The content. In this case specifically, what Jack was saying: Hey, if you're going to insult a sport, be around to to take whatever criticism comes back to you. Well, he is. I mean, on Twitter. They, they, he's on Twitter. Right. The people that are going to be defending hockey aren't the players. It's not the players going to say, hey, you insulted me. Now I want to say something back to you. In that regard, I get it. If you want to write something about a hockey player, this guy stinks, he doesn't play well, then, yeah, show up in the locker room. Christian, I'm sure you felt the same way. No, if somebody uh, wanted to insult you, a, a writer, you wanted to be able to talk to them about it if you so desired. But he's saying, hey, hockey fans, this is what's wrong with your game. And hockey fans, are, they all can find his I mean, Twitter when, account. When's the last they can get hockey right after game him. you think Peter Gammons watched? But that's the point. No, I, mean, I know. So it's like, so he's seeing one specific incident. And okay, he says, forget it. Is yeah, off. This is why, that, this is why it'll never be mainstream. And he's saying, as long as this is all I continue to see, as long as hockey never makes it to me other than five guys fighting, yeah, it's going to be a minor sport in my view. Give me more of that, and it will become more <laughs> relevant. <laughs> Christian Fourier is here. Bill Belichick in 15 minutes. Sulkin Holly, W-E-E-I.